Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Best once again this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to know you better and better. And so I come into your presence this morning to magnify the God who is the creator of the heavens and earth, the God who is the master of the universe, the one who created all things. Scripture says everything is upheld by the word of your power. Father, we have come to magnify you because you are king of kings. You are lord of lords. Scripture says that you are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You said to Moses that you do not have a beginning and Lord, you do not have an end. You said to the children of Israel, I am that I am. We worship the one who is I am this morning. The one who is Elohim. The one who is El Shaddai. The many-breasted one. Receive all our praises this morning. In the precious name of Jesus. Father, we declare that you are good. We declare that you are kind. We declare that you are love. We declare that your mercies endures forever. Receive all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. As we read our Bibles, as we learn in your presence again this morning, Lord, we ask, let your words fill our hearts. Help us to learn and understand your word and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our reading, commentary, and study of the New Testament. We are in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5 to be precise. But first of all, I would like to say a big thank you to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. God bless you. A big thank you for all the birthday wishes and prayers I received. I sincerely appreciate them on my social media and those, those who called personally, uh, sent in a greeting, sent in a gift. I just want to say God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for honoring me. I pray the Lord himself will honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you to our first first time listeners today. If it's your first time, thank you for coming. God bless you. Hallelujah. All right. So we continue yesterday or the day before yesterday uh, because of my birthday yesterday. We didn't have, I didn't take a devotional yesterday. So we stopped on Luke chapter 5 verse 16. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayers and then we had read Luke chapter 4 and this part up to here in Luke chapter 5. So we'll finish Luke chapter 5 today and read Luke chapter 6 hopefully. 
So let's go on. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Since one day, one day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. They were sitting nearby. They didn't come from the event. They didn't come to, to listen to what he was teaching. They were just sitting nearby, waiting for their opportunity to pounce. It says in brackets, you know, um, as the New Living Translation puts it, it seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. Okay? They had organized themselves. In other words, it wasn't that just one of them showed up. They had organized themselves, put themselves in one, gathered themselves into one corner because this guy was just, was, was outshining them. Says, and the Lord's healing power was strongly, Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Just imagine the Pharisees in that meeting. Jesus was in a house. The house was filled to the brim with people. The Pharisees were in their own corner. They were not really there, you know, to listen to Jesus. They were just there, you know, wondering, looking for a way they were going to, you know, to upset him and get him to fall, you know, and they were agents of the devil, if you want to call him that. And right at that same meeting, you know, some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat started trying to get in. They were trying to push their way in. They couldn't through the doors, through the windows. They couldn't. Eventually, we know the story. They went to on top of the roof. <laughs> the Pharisees would have been wondering, what is this? Ah, ah. Yes, some men carrying a paralyzed man on the sleeping mats. You see, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now listen to this. Okay, so I think I will add the man's faith to the faith demonstrated here, right? Because Jesus says to this guy also, I don't think he was unconscious i would think possibly he was even cheering cheering his friends on okay please help me just get me inside please just help me get inside and probably he was even begging while they were trying to get him through the door through the window he was joining to beg people please allow them to take me in i want to see jesus and all of that you know it didn't walk through the doors didn't walk through the windows and now they lowered him down and you know i'm sure it's almost he's telling them almost down uh, gently i'm almost there i'm almost and then this guy lands in front of jesus now the bible says jesus did not say or the bible did not say sin is fate jesus says to the man to the young man no not just the man's fate jesus saw the fate of everyone involved in trying to get him and that is why lesson here surround yourself with the right people oh. surround yourself with the right people okay you can't be in a challenge like this man was in his challenge he was he was he was incapacitated 
paralyzed, you know, um, could not move. But luckily, he had the right kind of people, the right friends around him. Surround yourself with the right kind of people, the kind of people that have the same kind of faith you have. Yes, I'm telling you, it led to him being healed. Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers, you remember I said they were waiting to pounce? <laughs> they pounced immediately. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think? Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God, only God can forgive, can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier? To say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. I often ask which one is easier to say or which one. I'm sure it's easier to simply say your sins are forgiven. You will agree with me, right? Yes. What Jesus is, for me, what Jesus is trying to communicate here is that I have actually done the harder one. The other one is to say your sins are forgiven. You people have already concluded that no one can forgive sin but God. I am saying that I am the son of God. I can forgive sin. And so I have forgiven this man's sins. And to prove to you that his sins have been forgiven, now he is going to stand up and walk. So Jesus asked them, Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? I don't know whether they responded because the Bible does not tell us, okay? So Jesus then responded, verse 24, So I will prove to you. I'm sure they would have said, eh, Of course, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven now. Who knows whether the man's sins, whether the man's sins are forgiven? Uh, you are just running your mouth. You don't have any, you don't have the power to forgive any sins. Hmm. I hope you get the picture now. Yes. <laughs> so Jesus would down said, So let me prove to you. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth. To forgive sins. Then Jesus turned, Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. In other words, his sins were forgiven. If his sins were forgiven, the consequences for his sin could also be taken away. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, the Bible says, as everyone watched to, it wasn't done in secret. <laughs> so, when Luke was investigating, so there would have been a vast number of people who would have been aware of this particular miracle. Immediately, everyone who were watching, as everyone watched, the man jumped up. The man jumped up, picked up his mat. And went home praising God. You see that? His faith worked for him. The Pharisees did not, they did not come and they did not even bother. They were not interested in anything. So they didn't have any faith. But this man's faith worked. And I'm sure the friends, his friends that struggled to bring in him would have been so excited for him too. The Bible says he went home praising God, healed. I pray for you this morning. That God eh, will honor your faith. Yes, God will answer your faith. That thing that you are trusting him for, I pray this morning it will come true in the mighty name of Jesus. It says everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God exclaiming we have 
seen amazing things today. Hey, we have seen something. Yes, we have seen amazing things today. Now later, as Jesus, verse 27, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting as, at his tax collector's booth. Remember, Jesus is quite popular at this time. <laughs> so, <laughs> follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. But I'm thinking that uh, somewhere in Levi's mind, he was also tired of, he was also tired of, of, of this. And remember that Levi was, I think Levi, he was from, from the tribe of, of, of the priests. Yes. Yes, it was from the it was from the Levite, the Levite stripe. So Levite got up, left everything, and followed him. He was a Levite, but he was not doing that anymore. He's now a tax collector. So later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levites' fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. Uh, but the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Why do you eat and eat? Why do you drink and eat with, with such sinners and tax collectors? Because they were the number one sinners of, that, of those times. They taxed the people. They double collected, triple collected taxes from people. They were the worst sinners of that time. But Jesus didn't avoid them. He didn't run away from them. Why? Because they had the very reason why he came. Jesus answered them, verse 31, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Tax collectors are sick. All sinners are sick. Everyone who acknowledges their sin, they are simply sick in God's eyes, in quotes. And the doctor, Jesus, is here to heal you, to take away that sickness. He said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need repentance. That's why Jesus came. Let's look at this discussion about fasting from verse 33. One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's uh, disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do these disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? So most likely, it meant that the people saw Jesus praying. They could see that he fasted. But because his disciples were taken from a broad group of people, okay, they were they came from different tribes in in of Israel from different walks and background and occupation you just saw Levi a tax collector what do you want to tell a tax collector to to fast and pray about okay so uh, they were not fasting and praying like other people so they asked Jesus why are your disciples always eating and drinking Jesus responded do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Uh, then Jesus gave them this instruction. No one tears a piece of cloth, tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and use it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old, the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wine into old wine skin. 
for the new wine would bust the wine skin, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. New wine must be stored in new wine skin. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new. Jesus is the new wine. Jesus is the new wine. No one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. You see that? The old is just fine, they say. I am saying to someone this morning, oh, come to Jesus, who oh, is the new wine. Come and drink new wine. But let go of your old wine skin and receive a new wine skin this morning. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on to Luke chapter 6. First, a discussion about the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed off the ox in their hands, and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, you see that? They were just following him about and looking for, for things to accuse him about. If they couldn't accuse him, they accused his disciples. If they couldn't accuse the disciples, they questioned somebody coming coming to coming to Jesus. If they didn't question somebody coming to Jesus, they questioned you know, the, the theology, the theology of what was being discussed. They were just there, you know, not, not to hear anything Jesus was saying. They were just there to cause problems, to try and upset Jesus. So, but some Pharisees said, they just saw them, you know, rubbing the osco in their hands and they were eating it. He says, and they ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, why are you, why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the, he went into the house of God and broke the law. Eh? He went into the house of God, broke the law inside the house of God. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not saying that you should go into church and not be breaking the law of God, okay, in church. But here, Jesus is trying to teach us something very important let's re- finish reading part he went into the house of god and broke the law by eating the sacred loaf of bread that only the priest can eat he also gave some to his companion broke it further and jesus added the son of man is lord even over the sabbath so when we did the harmonization and we read this this particular event from all four gospels we we alighted that jesus was trying to teach them that the laws were not made to bind people. The laws were made to empower us to be able to worship God and to love one another. So David and his men were famished. At this time, they were, they were, they were literally almost dying. Okay, so what was more important in the law? That they died or that they ate bread? And so when they ate bread, because their purpose their, and the reason for which they were doing this was, was pure, was fine, God didn't strike them dead, even though that was supposed to be the shoe bread, the holy bread that only the priest could eat. Okay, and even, okay, even if you wanted to say that David was anointed, he gave it to some of his men. Some of them were not even, his, were not even men of Israel, were not Jews. Okay, so Jesus was teaching something very important. The Sabbath was not, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. It was given to us for us to worship God. Okay, so we shouldn't use it as a law, as a law, as a tool to bind one another. That's one side of the lesson. The second side of the lesson is that someone who was greater than the Sabbath, if David could give them bread, ah, 
I am greater than the Sabbath. Yes, Jesus said, the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So you can't use the Sabbath to come and bind me. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, verse 6 says, on another Sabbath day, it was as if Jesus was always looking for these people's trouble. A man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and Pharisees watched Jesus closely. You see what, what they were always doing in this meeting? They were always looking for an opportunity. They watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of walking on the Sabbath. I don't know about you. God, help me to do this kind of work. This is the kind of work I want to be doing every day. They plan to, they plan to, to accuse him if he, uh, of walking on the Sabbath if he healed the man. Eight, but Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to, said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. Let's see whether they will say it's evil, evil to heal you. Hmm. So the man, the man came, came, the man came forward. Then Jesus said to the, to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? You see now, you would understand the purpose for which God gave us the Sabbath. Answer me. That's literally what Jesus is telling them. Is the Sabbath day a day to do evil or to do good? He looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. Since at this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. Hey, again, I, I don't know. I've always I'm been pointing back to the harmonization when we did earlier in January. Please go back home and listen to that thing. Because after Jesus said this, this was not where it ended. <laughs> The Bible says after he said this, after he said this, you know, he then added the part where he said, which of you will see his, his, his animal or his donkey, you know, first into a pit and will not bring it out on the Sabbath. And we say, okay, because of the Sabbath, even though the animal is crying and dying inside the pit, it's the Sabbath day, I will not walk. Which of you? Okay, so you will not do that. Even to your animal, you will not do that. Not not talk of a, a whole human being. Ah, so at this at this so they they were wild with rage. Verse twelve says one day Jesus one day soon afterward Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak he called together all of his disciples and chose twelve of them to be apostles. Here are their names. So these are the names of the twelve of the twelve apostles. Simon woman named Peter, Andrew Peter, Peter's brother, James John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James son of Aphias, Simon who was called the Zealot, Judas son of James, and Judas Iscariot who later betrayed him. When, the, when they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers, many of his other disciples, many of his followers, and by, by the crowd. Uh, there were people from all over Judea and from and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. You see here, 
Jesus selected Judas, even... <laughs> oh God, remember that he selected them from a pool of other disciples. Even at that, there was a Judas. There was a Judas among them. Alright, let's start reading the Beatitude. We cannot finish this, but let's see if we can stop at verse 35. Alright, so these are the Beatitudes. Basically, they are lessons. Not, I don't think we can get there anyway. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. If you are hungry for God now, you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in in due time you will laugh. God blessings await you when people hate and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy, oh, be happy, be happy. Yes, live for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. It says, what sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestor also praised false prophets all right do, do do we have time to take this to take this love for enemies i would love to so let's push this back by a few by a few seconds is it but to you who are willing to listen i say love your enemies jesus says love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who, who curse you pray for those who hurt you if someone slaps you on one cheek offer the other cheek also if someone demands your coat offer your shirt also give to one give to anyone who asks and when things are taken away from you don't try to get them back do to others as you would like them to do to you this is the golden rule if you love only those who love you why should you get credit for that even sinners love those who love them and if you do good only to those who do good to you why should you get credit even sinners do that much and if you lend money only to those who repay you why should you get credit even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return love your enemies do good to them lend to them without expecting to be repaid then your reward from heaven will be very great let's stop here this morning jesus is trying to reconfigure our mind here he is telling us you cannot do things the way the world does them do what the word of god says love your neighbor jesus says love love is the fulfillment of the commandment and i say to someone this morning it is time to love like jesus loved god bless you and have a blessed day ahead father we say thank you in jesus mighty name we pray amen god bless you have a great day